This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Talked a lot of NFL draft in hour number one when we had Trey Wingo as our guest. And we're going to continue on here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness, kicking into hour number two. We're going to have our good friend Ted Nguyen from The Athletic join us. And, Ted, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you as always. And as I mentioned, we talked a lot of draft already. But uh, before we dip into the Raiders' current team and the rest of the AFC West, how prepared are you or how close to being prepared for you the, the draft are you? Ah. You know, I've looked at the quarterbacks, I looked at the wide receivers, and I'm starting to look into the safeties now. And you know, to me, I think the Raiders' big draft needs are going to be at right tackle and at safety. And, you know, I haven't really looked into the tackle class uh, that much just yet. Okay, that'll work. That'll work. So I know that you're you're going to be cramming for that. I know you've been really busy as of late, and we have as well, and it's a good busy. It's a good thing to be. But I want to talk to you about the AFC West, the arms race. You put out a piece on The Athletic. It was really good. Can you believe how loaded the AFC West is going to be this year? Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I I don't remember offseason with this much movement of great players not just in AFC West, but throughout the NFL. But when you look at just the AFC West, uh, it just seems pretty crazy how much talent has been added to this uh, division during this offseason. No, it really has. And I'm excited about it. Can't wait till the actual season happens so we can see how it all unfolds. But for the Raiders, they go out there and they make the move for Chandler Jones. And and I didn't even realize that they were interested in Chandler Jones until the announcement of uh, he was signing with the team. So how big of a move was that, in your opinion, knowing who the Raiders are going to have to face a couple times or how many teams they're going to have to face a couple times a year? How big a move was that to get Chandler Jones? No, I agree. I, you know, I, I thought they'd be happy with Ngakwe, who's a pretty good pass rusher. And, you know, even with Ngakwe and Crosby, you have one of the better pass rushing duos in the league. Um, but that Jones announcement came out of nowhere. But, I, you know, I think when you add a guy like Jones, you just add a guy who's so consistent um, and he's been one of the best pass rushers in the league for a long time now. I think with Ngakwe, um, he started off the season really hot and he kind of faded uh, I, I thought in that Bengals game, um, I, I expected him to play a little bit better and put a little more pressure on Burrow coming off that uh, coming off the left tackle, and he just didn't. You know, Crosby got a lot of attention in that game. I thought the uh, Raiders put some pressure on, on Burrow, but just not enough. So I, I think with a guy like Jones, you expect more consistency, and um, you know, I just think that when you you get Adam with Crosby. Uh, you're just going to consistently have one of the best pass rushes in the league, and that's going to be important against the quarterbacks there in the AFC West with Herbert taking another step. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson with the Broncos now. Um, so it, it, it's going to be uh, you know, a hard division, and you're going to have to put some pressure on those quarterbacks. You know, when you look at Russell Wilson in Denver, I mean, how, how do you see him right now? Because he, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, obviously, since they've had that killer defense in Seattle, and then obviously they had a really good run game with Marshawn Lynch as well. But he's a really good quarterback. We know that. But he started to – I don't want to say he started to fall off a little bit. He was injured a lot last year. So kind of what's your overall feeling on Russell Wilson and how you think he'll do in Denver? 
No, I agree. I actually think that, you know, age is catching up to him a little bit. Um, he, he's a quarterback that, you know, has not been very consistent in structure throughout his entire career. And now that he's getting a little bit older, you know, he can't run as much. He's not as quick. Um, you, you saw his game drop off a little bit last year. So um, I, I think there's definitely a, a danger of him um, just kind of losing a little bit of that athleticism and it's going to affect his game. Uh, but then again, you know, there's there some guys that are just able to thrive when they go into a new environment. He's going to be motivated. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a really good year last year. Uh, but, you know, that, that cliff is coming for Russell Wilson, I, I think. So I, I don't think he has too many elite years come in, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, next year he kind of just comes out and has a really good year just, to, just because he wants to prove everybody wrong. Talking right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, the other big uh, get that the Raiders were able to, to do or pull off was uh, Devontae Adams. They trade, get him from the Packers. And, of course, he's been doubled his whole career there in Green Bay just because, one, he's fantastic. Two, they don't have any other weapons across from him, so why not double him? What do you think he's going to – how often do you think he's going to get doubled now with the Raiders having as many weapons as they have besides Devontae Adams? Yeah, you know, he was one of the most – I think he was the most doubled receiver last year. Uh, but it's going to be a, a much tougher to double him when you have Darren Waller and you have Hunter Renfro, um, are, are, you know, in the same trio. Because when you look at Devontae Adams and have that many weapons for Aaron Rodgers. So, um, but, but Rodgers was so good at getting the ball even when he was double teamed. I just don't think Carr has that skill set, and right. not you know that's not to detract from Carr or anything. Aaron Rodgers is uh, you know one of the greatest pure throwers of the ball of, of all time. Uh, so, but I don't think the Raiders have to force feed him the ball as much as they did in Green Bay. So much of the offense would run through him. But I just think you know with the Raiders and their weapons, when he gets double teamed, they can go to Waller. If Waller gets double teamed, they go back to him, and then you have Hunter Renfro working on the slot. There's no need to you know, force-feed any of these guys. How do you see him helping the Raiders the most, at least early on? I think in the red zone, he's going to be particularly effective. In the last two years, he's actually led the league in um, red zone touchdowns overall, and the Raiders were 29th in red zone efficiency last year. Uh, so I, I think where he's going to help right away should be in the red zone, and he should improve those numbers. What about Renfro? What about Waller? What about Jacobs? How do you think that they benefit the most with uh, with Devontae Adams just being on the field? Yeah, you know, I, I think Waller, um, at, at times we saw his production dip off when he was getting doubled. Um, and he, I think with Adams, you know, he's going to see a lot less double teams. He's going to see more single coverage in the middle field, and that's going to help him out tremendously. Um, and Renfro even started seeing some double teams last year when – Waller was hurt. Um, you know, he he was the Raiders' best weapon, and Renfro was still able to beat some of those double teams and get some of those really high reception numbers. Uh, but you know, I, I don't I don't think Renfro is going to get uh, forced fed that many targets again in his career, especially when he you know you're getting teamed up with Adams and, and Waller. Uh, so you know, just with, with less attention on you because you have Adams is going to be the number one guy that defense look for. Uh, Waller and and. Renfro is going to benefit from that, and you're not going to be able to play as much single high as you have against the Raiders with those kind of weapons, and when you have a lighter box, it's going to help out Jacobs and the run game. Yeah, Ted, speaking of the red zone, Foster Moreau is the tight end, the second tight end, and the Raiders, they brought in James Mitchell from Virginia Tech for a visit. 
How does Josh McDaniels' offense use that second tight end, and is it more that he needs to be a blocking tight end or a receiving tight end? Yeah, I think the one thing with McDaniels, he's just very, um, he's been very adaptable to the talent that's available to him. And, you know, I, I think Moreau is a, a good player. I thought I, I was a little disappointed in this production when Waller was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's going to depend on how Moreau impresses the coaches in camp and if he's going to come back and improve the player. I don't think that McDaniel is going to force himself to get into 12 personnel just for the sake of getting into 12 personnel. I think he's going to put the, his best three out there, and we know the best three is going to be uh, you know, 11 personnel with Renfro, Adams, and, and Waller. And if you know, Moreau could prove himself, uh, really prove himself that maybe they use more 12 personnel and uh, you know, put Renfro at the Z or maybe even Waller at the Z. Um, so, yeah, I just think that they're going to put the best, best guys on the field. Ted, you mentioned at the, early, at the beginning of this interview what you thought, thought that the Raiders still needed to do, go and look and get a safety, go and get a right tackle. Do you think that's an area that they need to address in the draft, or do you think that's an area that they still need to go out and get a veteran? Um, yeah, as far as uh, free agency, there, there's not, just not a ton of guys that you could just sign right now and pencil them as a starter for, at the tackle position. You know, Usually those guys go pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, there's, there's Marcus Cannon, who's played for McDaniels in the past, uh, but he's coming off a back injury. So, uh, you know, he might be a guy that you, you might want to bring in and see where he's at from a health perspective. Um, and, and as far as the safety, you know, there's still the Honey Badger out there. So, um, you know, there's some uh, rumors that the Raiders were interested in before. Um, and we'll see if they can afford him when, you know, after June 1st, when they have some more cap room to work with. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think. Honey Badger is the only guy where I, you know, I think you could just sign him and plug and play him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the two big positions of need right now that need to get filled, and it's going to be tough to try to fill that need. Uh, when your highest pick's a third-round draft pick. Right, no doubt about that. And, Ted, uh, you know, I think nationally people are saying that the Raiders are the fourth-best team in the AFC West. And, one, that doesn't really matter because all the teams in the AFC West look like they're really stinking good, so it should be a lot of fun. But what do you think that the the Raiders need to do? How do they stack up with the rest of the AFC West right now, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, it, it's, it's, you know, even if you're the biggest Raiders supporter, it, it's uh, it's realistic to look at, Mahomes and Herbert and realize they, these guys are in a class of their own. And the Chiefs did not get better this offseason, but the Chiefs also has won the, won the AFC West, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like six times in a row, I believe, <laughs> right. I have the numbers in front of me. Right. <laughs> so, you know, everybody's trying to catch up to those guys. Uh, but I think the important thing is they've added a bunch of blue-chip talent, and that blue-chip talent uh, puts you right in a mix. And, you know, with football, you never know what's going to happen with injuries and uh, how teams kind of improve through the ebb and flow of the season. But I just think the important thing is talent-wise, the Raiders are in the mix. So it's hard to say, you know, rank them uh, in the offseason right now. Uh, but I think the Raiders are in the mix there, and they have the chance to compete. I, I do, too. I've been saying that the whole time, that they have a puncher's chance with anyone, and that's all that you really need, right? You just need a puncher's chance. Exactly. As far as the head coach, and this will be the final question for you, as far as the head coach goes, Josh McDaniels, he's considered by many, including myself, as an elite play caller. What are your thoughts on McDaniels, his play calling, and how he can help this team set themselves up especially better in the red zone than what we see in the past few years? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a, a big fan of uh, McDaniel's play calling, his play design from afar, studying that New England offense. 
Um, and, and to me, he's a top five play caller. You see a lot of creative designs. Uh, I think that system is so complete with giving the quarterback uh, the necessary tools he needs to adjust at the line of scrimmage and uh, put the put the offense in the right play. And that's one of Carr's strengths. So I, I think this is just a really good fit uh, for Carr. And, you know, we talk about all these offseason additions that the Raiders made uh, from a player perspective, but they also added um, a top-five play caller, and that's that's huge. That's what, you know, all these teams are clamoring for when they look for a coach. Right, and that's exactly what I think is a, is going to be a difference maker. Is really going to help this team take the next step is that play calling from the sideline. Ted, great stuff as always, my man. What you got coming out on The Athletic or, or your YouTube channel that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, well, I have, I have an article on the top three safeties in the draft, nice. um, and that's going to come out to, tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that on The Athletic. Okay, are you are you making the trip to Vegas? Uh, you know, I I haven't confirmed that yet. I'm going <laughs> to put in a request, a late request, and hopefully it gets approved, and I could uh, join you guys in a draft. There you go. Hey, well, if you make your way down here to Vegas, let us know, my man. It'll be great to catch up with you. We always appreciate your uh, your insight. For sure. Thanks for having me on. All right, there he goes. Ted Nguyen, our good friend from The Athletic, on Twitter at FB underscore Film Analysis. Uh, really good job breaking down film. And uh, that's the biggest key, Demond, is that the Raiders just have to have a punching chance. You know what I mean? You've seen what the rest of the AFC West has done. As long as you feel confident about you can keep pace, and I do believe they can. I'm not saying they're the best team in the in the division. I'm not saying they're the worst team. I don't think it really matters. I think every team is pretty stinking close. And also, when he said that blue chip, cha- blue chip talent, mm-hmm. it's important where they got it at because Chandler Jones pairing him with Max Crosby because yep. he said, hey, excuse me, Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes, they're in a league of their own. Right. Well, now you got a defensive end combo that's in a league of their own as well that's Facts. going to be able to put the pressure on them. And I do think that with the quarterbacks in this division, the pass rush needed to be one of the biggest improvements for this team. No doubt. No doubt about it. I, I like that. I like that breakdown. And, of course, uh, he's very familiar with getting after Russell Wilson. <laughs> he's done that a whole lot in his career, talking about Chandler Jones. And Max Crosby, I think he's just getting better. I mean, exactly. really, like, how, how scary is that? It's good. It's good for us covering the team, right? We get to talk about him. How scary is that if Max Crosby is just continuing to get better? Especially, with, I don't know if you saw like the memes that people were making. It was like two bulls. It yeah. was a video over the yeah, weekend, yeah, like yeah. two bulls, right. like one misses him, and the and the other one just clocks the guy. Right. And that is that's probably going to be this pass for us. Just two bulls coming off the edge. If one doesn't get you, the other one will. Right. And I don't think the numbers are going to be as important to either guy. But maybe even double-digit sacks for both of them. Man, that would be amazing. That would be something great to see from the silver and black in that pass rush defense. And I'll tell you, man. I mean, guys are are. There's some players that are damn good. I mean, damn good right out the jump. But then guys that continue to get better as their career goes on. I mean, Max. I feel like I said. I feel like he's still on the on the uh, on the climb. Like he's still getting better. If he can get better than even what he did last year, all those pressures that he got. If he gets two or three more sacks, look out! Look out! Sky's the limit. So how many impact players, Raider Nation, do you believe the Raiders should have coming out of this draft? 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We got my man Sam Gordon from the uh, Review Journal. He's coming up at 3.30, but hit us up with your thoughts. Again, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. We're live in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got the email from the Raiders headquarters. GM Dave Ziegler will hold a media session on Wednesday at noon. little pre-draft 
media session. It'll be fun to, to talk to Dave Ziegler. That's also the same day that we're going to be at Finley Cadillac doing this show, Unnecessary Roughness. So I'll make my way from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center right down the road to Finley Cadillac. So it should be a fun, fun, fun Wednesday afternoon for your boy. Get to be at two places that I love to be at, the Raiders facility and Finley Cadillac. Doesn't get any better than that. Also, real quick about Ziegler. Is this the first time he's spoken to the media since the owners' meetings? Uh, well, yeah, and then he had that interview with JT the other day, okay. you know. But that was the one-on-one. But this is, uh, this is, yeah, this will be the first time since the owners' meetings. And you know, they always do the the, the pre-draft uh, little. I want to say it's a conference call, but it's not a conference call because it's in person. But it's it's you know just kind of pre-draft conversations, and we get to pick their brains a little bit. And it's not going to be a real lengthy one, but uh, still get an opportunity. And it'll actually, I'm excited for it because it'll be the first time I'm actually able to be there. Because remember when him and Josh McDaniels were introduced, it was at 2 o'clock, yeah, so we were live yeah. on the air that day, so we didn't make it. And then when he talked to JT the other day, he talked to JT, and I didn't know there was actually an opportunity, because that was when Derek Carr got his contract extension that, uh, what was it, like a Wednesday? It was a Wednesday last week, yes, right? Yes, it was. There was a chance, because they didn't know, the Raiders didn't know if uh, his schedule was kind of like set in stone, so there was a chance that Dave Ziegler was going to actually be on our show. But then he was able to push it back an extra day, so talk to JT. So that was, I mean, that was cool, but that was almost a chance to talk to, you know, the GM. We didn't go to the owners' meetings. We didn't go to the combine, so we didn't get those conversations. So this will be the first time I'm there. Because all I'm thinking about is, is me. Because <laughs> no, no offense to anyone that goes, but I'm like, how is he going to avoid saying anything but still give some good answers to people? Right. No, I think he will be able to. I think that he'll probably just answer talking about, you know, what they're looking for, versatility in players. You know, he'll just... Because you don't want to tip the cap. Yeah, say, he's not. He's definitely this not player's gonna, available at 86, oh, we're taking him for sure. This is one of... It's funny because, you know, I always take some notes before I do an interview. I always have want to have some notes. So one of the notes that I had last week, if I did have a chance to talk to Dave Ziegler, the last question I was going to ask him was, all right, before I let, let you go, I know you're not going to give me any kind of details, but you plan on signing any other free agent before before the draft? You don't have to tell me, but I mean, it'd be cool if you do. <laughs> just to, you know, just to have a funny, just to make him laugh a little bit, because of course he's not going to say anything. But you know, nope. just say, "Hey, yeah, um, Demond, okay." In the latest athletic um, mock draft, Dame Brugler had you taking uh, Kobe Bryant <laughs> right. at eighty six. Uh, so if he's there, you're taking him, right? He'll give us a Trey Wingo answer. Blank, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's it's. It's uh, funny because you, he's obviously not going to talk about you know the players and what they're planning on doing with them, but you know to talk about the kind of players that they might be looking for, something like that. Just to hear the GM talk again is it's always good. It's always yeah. a good conversation, and so you don't you don't get the the GM too often. And plus, to be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, that's always a good thing too. So I'm looking forward to it. That'll be that'll be good good times. Again, the question that we threw out there: How many impact players do you believe the Raiders should come out of this draft with? Uh, and they only have five picks right now. That's a question that would we'll probably ask Dave Ziegler. You know, hey, you know, if the uh, opportunity presents itself to trade back and collect a couple more picks, is that something that you're, you know, interested in? Of course, he's not going to say straight up like, yes, we definitely want to do that. But he'll answer somehow. I mean, it's just all kind of questions like that will be good stuff to to ask uh, Dave on on Wednesday when we get to talk to him. That'll be around noon. Of course, that's right when JT's show starts. So I'm sure he'll play that live. Uh, so that should be good. You'll be able to hear everything that's asked, and uh, that should be a whole lot of fun. So, again, how many impact players do you believe the Raiders should come out of this draft with? 702-365-9200, Sam and Ash, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Let's uh, talk to our guy Evan from Murrieta. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Q. Love your show. Uh, just a comment quick before I answer your question of the day. Uh, 
won those same pundits who picked the Raiders fourth, uh, probably the same pundits who picked them fourth last year. Right. So uh, uh, I, I'm having a lot more confidence this year that we, uh, we, we can do a lot of damage uh, and maybe even move up one spot this year. And to answer your question, I think I'm going to go with two. I know we already have one impact player from our draft this year, and that was uh, Devontae Adams with our draft picks. And uh, the second one, I'm sure they're going to pick uh, a diamond in the rough. So I'm going to go with two. Okay. All right. I like that. Two. Two's a good number. I think that's kind of been the consensus. That's the number I'm looking at. And, uh, yeah, that's that, that's a good one right there. So we'll see when they get that. Can they get in the third and fifth round or whatever? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but thank you for the call. Appreciate you. So there he goes. Evan from Murrieta. Uh, good stuff right there. And, yeah, it's, it's so funny. I was looking at some odds to make the playoffs today, and then we'll take a break and get to Sam Gordon from the Review Journal. Uh, I was looking at some odds to make the playoffs today, and in the AFC West, every team – was favorited to make the playoffs, except for the Raiders. And so I looked at it, I was like, how in the hell are all the other teams in the division? I get the Chiefs. I get that. You know, what do they say? To beat the champs? To be, you got to you know, to be the champ, you got to beat the champs. Whatever they say. What's the wrestling line? I don't know what it is. You know what it is. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Yeah, exactly. Woo! Yeah, I get it. Yeah, all that. Yeah, I got it. But yeah, so I get it. Okay, so that, that, that fine. You can pencil them in. Cool. But Denver? I mean, just the addition of Russell Wilson makes you an automatic playoff contender when you have a rookie head coach, never been a head coach before, play calling. You can go back and look at the history of Nathaniel Hackett calling plays. Eh, it's not so hot. I don't know. It kind of it kind of rubbed me the wrong way without rubbing me the wrong way because it really, I mean, it's not going to make a difference. But I thought, damn, three out of four teams make the playoffs and, and the Raiders are the team that's favorited to miss the playoffs? I'll come back with those uh, with those exact numbers for you a little bit later in the show. Coming up next, Sam Gordon from the Review Journal. Uh, Going to have to take a twist and go and talk about Aaliyah Gales, who uh, unfortunately over the weekend was shot multiple times. She's uh, in the hospital right now having multiple surgeries uh, to, to try to combat that and come back and uh, recover from that. We'll talk to Sam Gordon to get all the details next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. I mentioned at the top of the show that part of our job around here on Raider Nation Radio 920 is to take care of our community and make sure that we are doing our best to support our community. That's good, that's bad, and that's ugly. And unfortunately, this next conversation is not good. It is bad, and it is ugly. And uh, joining us to, on the phone lines to help break it down and tell us the, the details of it and hopefully uh, start talking about a, a road to recovery is our guy Sam Gordon from the Review Journal. You can find him on Twitter at BySamGordon. And Sam, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I wish I was talking to you about the Raiders. I wish I was talking to you about the draft. I thought I was going to talk about some fun and warm, warm stuff, but unfortunately this is not the conversation. Sometimes life happens and it's not a good conversation over the weekend. I saw your piece, matter of fact, on Saturday or Sunday, I think I saw the piece uh, that you put out on the RJ about Aaliyah Gales, the, the young lady from uh, Spring Valley High School who's a USC commit. Just talked to her in January about being a McDonald's All-American. And she was shot at a house party and shot multiple times and is in the hospital, has had multiple surgeries. I mean, what could you tell us about what de- went down with Aaliyah and, and how she's doing currently? Well, first and foremost, you appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, you're absolutely right. Wish we were talking draft uh, and Raiders and, and NFL offseason. Everything comes with that. But, but you touched on it. Um, Aaliyah Gales... Uh, Spring Valley High School, McDonald's All-American, just played the Jordan Brand Classic uh, a few days ago. 
uh, actually um, was at a house party in North Las Vegas uh, this weekend, and she was shot several times, mostly uh, in her legs. Uh, that that area of her body was was targeted. This was uh, you know still you know gathering details and information on, on that. But what I can tell you is that there was a personal uh, element to this. Um, whoever whoever did this was was aware that she played basketball um, and had bad intentions. So she uh, this was late Saturday night. Uh, she was rushed to a nearby hospital, had a pair of surgeries yesterday, uh, came to this morning, was conscious, uh, according to people I've talked to close to the situation, was conscious, was awake, uh, and, and was having a third surgery uh, today as well. So a very, very, very devastating, uh, tragic, senseless situation, however you want to make it. But there, there is um, optimism uh, internally that, that she can bounce back with this, um, certainly in some capacity. The injuries are not life-threatening, which is, of course, the most important thing. And there has been a ton of support from the Las Vegas basketball community on Twitter, on social media, on Instagram, just in, just in other channels. Um, a, lot of, a lot of outpouring of support uh, for her. It is a tragedy of the highest regard. But, again, there is optimism about a recovery, uh, and the, uh, the injuries are not life-threatening. That's that's great news. That's fantastic news to, to know that it's not life-threatening because as much as we want to talk about basketball, we want to talk about a lot of other things. The importance is life, you know, and again, she's a yep. young lady in our community, and, and we hate to see anything bad happen to anyone in this community. When you found out the news, and I mean, obviously, you know who she is. I know who she is. As soon as I saw her name, I was like, whoa, you know, what was what was going through your mind? Uh, just the heartbreak and just sadness, kind of disbelief, right? Uh, I, I think you see stories. Uh, about these kind of incidents at all levels of sports, right? Mm-hmm. You never, you never expect them to be this, you know, this close uh, to home. I mean, she's been a, a staple in, this, in the basketball community here for years and years and years. She was a star and a standout. Uh, the minute she stepped onto the varsity floor as a ninth grader at Spring Valley High School, I remember covering her um, as a freshman and, and obviously seeing the, the different element that she brought with her physicality, with her speed, with her aggression, just her mentality. Um, truly a, a special player, and again, a hallmark and a staple uh, player in this community, the first McDonald's All-American uh, from Las Vegas since 2010. So I, I, was, I was, of course, sad and disbelief and devastated, and as, you know, and as, as I'm getting more information, it, you know, it, it becomes crystal clear, whoa, you know, there was um, clearly some kind of agenda in play, right, to disrupt her, her basketball career, and, and that makes it even more devastating and sad. I think it's just uh, already enough violence as it is, and something that's senseless doesn't need to happen. Uh, of course, immediate concerns, but with her uh, and her family, so so a lot of relief when, when we found out that, that the injuries were not life threatening. But um, it's it's there's a, a surreal element to it in, in, in all in the worst of ways. Uh, very very surreal. Uh, but again, hoping that that she can make a recovery, and and, and there is a lot of support, which is which is huge. That's one thing. You know, you you ask you what I, what I what I picked up on right away is that there's like she's beloved in this community. And there's a lot of support from, from basketball players at all levels uh, for her to make a speedy recovery. Yeah, no, there really is. I've been seeing uh, the news and the story, uh, you know, the story that you wrote. I've seen, like, Bleacher Report retweeting it. I've seen, you know, ESPN outlets now reaching out and uh, WNBA. I see plenty of support from the LV Aces. You know, I'm sure that multiple other uh, organizations around the, the area are going to get involved as well. And the thing about it is, Sam, I mean, we talk about her athleticism. We talk about the athlete that she is. But off the court, from everything I've read, and you probably know better because you covered her, she is like a just a I don't want to say an angel, but she's just been like beloved off the court. You know, what I mean, just a, a a hell of a a young lady, and that's what makes this to me even even more tragic. Yeah, for sure, Q. I mean, for sure, universal respect um, and admiration for her. 
uh, you know, throughout the, throughout the course of her tenure here in Las Vegas. Uh, ultimate competitor um, on the basketball floor, but, you know, great teammate, uh, somebody that helped that program. Um, you know, reach heights and somebody that that was was determined to to go succeed at the next level. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, she was just again at the, the McDonald's All American Game uh, a couple weeks ago, the Jordan Brand Classic. So yes, there's a very multifaceted. Um, she's a light, you know, and impactful to a lot of people on and off the floor um, in this community. So it's just just devastating. I mean, it's really just kind of a gut wrenching thing. And again, you know, that's the things that unfortunately senselessly happen. Um, this is one of them, but, but I was definitely relieved to find out she was, you know, awake this morning and, and conscious. Um, and again, a lot of, you know, there still is uh, optimism, uh, of some levels about, about a recovery, uh, for this. So that, that, I, that I think is huge, but again, it's just, it's just so senseless. Uh, you know, great, great player on the basketball court, uh, great person off the floor. Um, and, and fortunately she, there is, uh, you know, a road to recovery uh, that, that she's going to, uh, you know, a difficult one, a challenging one. I think that's universally understood right now uh, based on people I've, I've talked to. But there is um, a pathway um, for, for, for a recovery for this. Talking right now with Sam Gordon from the Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. You can find Sam on Twitter at BySamGordon. As a matter of fact, that's where he tweeted out the GoFundMe for Aaliyah. Uh, DeMond's retweeted it. I will retweet it. Radio Nation Radio will retweet it as well. Make sure that we have that out there. And like I said, I know it's been getting a lot of support. And uh, one thing that I saw encouraging, Sam, like I said, basketball is not really important right now. We're just talking about her uh, her, her life and, and, and how she could recover from this. But uh, I saw Coach Lindsey Gottlieb say that, uh, you know, that she expects her to make a full recovery and everything and from the gist of what she had said it feels like that they're still honoring her scholarship is kind of is that kind of what you picked up on as well that, that yeah that's the sense i'm getting to and that there is going to be some support um as as she works back um from from this process and that to me you know i love to see it right right this was a, a young woman that was coming that was preparing to give uh, you know four years of her life to usc and to helping lindsey gottlieb um, turn around this program so you know regardless of the circumstances it would seem that usc um, is going to make good on that, and, and, and whether you know she she is fully recovers to the point where she's the player she was or not, uh, you know, there there still seems to be um, some involvement there at that level. When I was um, at the University of Minnesota, right after Q a long time ago, there was a, a recruit Jarvis Johnson who had a um, a, a heart condition. Mm. Right when he got to University of Minnesota, he wasn't able um, to play because of you know the risk, but he was still on scholarship and a graduate assistant afterwards. So we're talking worst-case scenario, right, Hugh? If she's not able to return to play, it would be awesome to see USC do something like that, able to facilitate uh, her growth at the next level and allow her to be around the basketball program. But again, there's nobody is writing off uh, her returning to play basketball right now, um, but it will be a long, arduous process to get back. Right, no doubt about it. And you guys over at the RJ, you in particular, have been all over this story. And like I said, uh, you're the one who brought it to my attention when I saw it. When you tweeted it out, I believe on Sunday is when I saw it. And uh, like I said, just I mean, I, I literally just talked to her in January. We're actually going to rerun that interview after I, I after we finish talking to you. It's just it, it almost it almost felt personal, you know what I mean? And I don't know her. Like, I, if she walked by me on the street, I wouldn't know her. But just because we've had that connection and we've talked on the phone and talked about all the successes she had on the court, it just feels that much more personal. And it, it almost feels like, uh, you know, like one of your own. You know, like if somebody happens yeah. in your community, it's like one of your own is affected and you hate that. And so uh, from what you've been able to understand and, and, and hear from either family members or, or teammates or classmates at Spring Valley, just how devastated are they? Yeah, it's it's universal. It's universal devastation to you. I think it's universal heartbreak. I mean, basketball here um, and sports in general, right? But basketball here is very, very competitive. There's no doubt about that. Everybody wants to win at the highest of levels. 
but it's bigger than that. And that's something I've come to learn here just in my time that there, this really is um, when it comes to basketball, a close knit basketball community. When, when you see somebody um, as talented as she is, and you know a number of other athletes uh, that have come out of, of Las Vegas, there is a, a universal kind of sense of support and, and a rallying uh, for that individual to play at the highest of levels. I mean, it, when we were coming off to just last week, um, Ray Burrell. Uh, became the first Las Vegas to ever be drafted in the first round of the WNBA draft. So right. you go, go such a high for the basketball community here, seeing that, and then to see what happened, uh, you know, with Aaliyah Gales. Is, is, yeah, people are shocked. People are devastated. I think there was a universal sense of disbelief. But what you're also really seeing is, again, you know, to go back on it, is the unity uh, in the basketball community here in the way that people um, at all different levels of basketball, on the boys' side, on the girls' side, uh, you know, different different college athletes. You know, the Aces today, speaking with Erica Hamby and Asia Wilson, of, of support uh, for Leah Gale. So she touched a lot of people. There's, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. There's universal dev- devastation, but there's also a lot of optimism. Uh, I know a lot of prayer um, in, in favor uh, of Leah Gales and a lot of support and, and hope that she can return um, and, and get back to doing uh, what's what she loves so you're, you're seeing uh, you know with the shooting right you're seeing the, the the absolute worst of las vegas with some of the senseless violence but but on the other end of that with the love and the unity and the support you're seeing the best of this right. um, community as well it's, it's tragic that something like this you know has to happen in order to bring people together but but we, it reaffirms how close the basketball community just the community uh in general is, is here in las vegas yeah and that's what happens sometimes it takes it takes something senseless it takes some kind of tragedy to see everyone come together and, and that i guess yep. I mean that's the that's the part of it of it that makes me feel better is seeing all the support and seeing all the you know prayers that are going out to her family, her teammates, her coaches, her. I mean everything. I, hell, I sent her a text this morning. I know she's not gonna you know get it anytime soon, and I don't expect any kind of return text. But just to know that hey, I at least sent a message and said hey, prayers are up to you. We're, we're hoping for a, a speedy recovery from you, just so she knows that she has the support of the community and and everyone involved. And, and you've been doing a great job covering this story. Uh, again, your Twitter handle is at by Sam Gordon, and he's put the GoFundMe uh, link up there. We're retweeting it right now as we speak here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You got anything else coming out that we need to be on the uh, lookout for? You can continue to update this story. Yeah, I'm going to continue to track this queue, uh, and we'll provide updates as I have them. Again, you know, there's there's a general sense of optimism, and of course we all, you know, all around Las Vegas are hoping that, that she can make a, a speedy recovery, and I appreciate you know, I appreciate you having me on, on the show. I think this is a, you know, a moment. That, like, we got to appreciate, you know, every little moment because nothing is promised, man. So I appreciate um, you having me on and, and uh, look forward to checking back in soon. Yeah, no doubt about it. Great job on, on covering this story. I know it's not an easy story to cover, but you're doing a great job keeping us informed. So thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate it, Q. Talk soon. Thank you All so right, much brother. for having me. Yep, yes, sir. Sam Gordon from the Review Journal right there. Again, not a uh, not a fun story to cover, not one that you get excited about. Oh, man, hey, we're going to have a really great interview about I mean, it sucks. Straight up sucks. As a parent, it sucks to have to talk about something like this. But, I mean, it's the reality of it. And, uh, you know, just to hear, like he said, I mean, this was I – I knew she got shot ten times, but I didn't know it was ten shots to her legs. I mean, um, you know, when I sent that story to, to Little Q, I mean, he sent it back and, and said – yeah, they were, someone was trying to trying to give her the business. Like that was that was that was clearly an agenda, and that sucks. It just absolutely sucks that someone could see someone succeeding and being you know at the highest level and being on top of their game and literally want to take them out of that situation because of one reason or the other. I, I obviously I'm not going to speculate on what the reason was, but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It's just the dumbest thing ever. Somebody decided to be selfish 
to try to ruin what she had going, that she earned. Not what she was given, what she earned. That's a damn shame. It really is. 344 is the time when you come back. When we come back, we'll actually hear the conversation I had with Aaliyah back in January. It was January 28th to be exact. Uh, as she found out that she was going to be a McDonald's All-American and be in the, the Jordan games. Yeah, you'll hear that conversation next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Sam Gordon from the RJ who joined us in the last segment to talk about the tragic story of what's going on with Aaliyah Gales. Uh, tragically shot over the weekend multiple times in her legs. Just a, a hit job, obviously, and just something that's just senseless. Uh, just disgusting to even think about it, but it's just, it's, it's the nature of the beast, and it's why you got to make sure that you take care of your family and make sure that they know where they are and you know where they are and just try to do the very best you can to, to guide them so they don't end up in a, in a bad situation that they can't get themselves out of like this situation without knowing all the details. Of course, I don't want to speculate on it, but just uh, so upsetting just to even think about how someone so selfishly just decided to, to try to take from someone else who's earned uh, everything that she's been receiving and all the accolades that she's been receiving. It just shows you uh, how some people's mindsets are that if they can't get it or they, they don't have it, they're going to just take it from you. It's absolutely just disgusting. But earlier this year, at the end of January, uh, when Aaliyah got the great news that she was going to be a McDonald's All-American and go to Chicago, be in the Jordan Games, I actually had an opportunity to catch up with her, talk about that, uh, that honor, talk about uh, her wrapping up the regular season, talk about going to USC, and just a hell of a conversation. So at the very least, uh, if I could just help bring some awareness to the situation, uh, shed some light on who she was, and uh, maybe give you a little refresher course on who she was, if you don't remember the interview from back in January, the very least I could do is run it back. So here's that conversation with Aaliyah Gales. Join us now on the phone lines to talk about a, a pretty awesome honor is uh, Spring Valley guard Aaliyah Gales. And uh, Aaliyah, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Wanted to have you on the show to talk about the honor you just received the other day being named a McDonald's All-American right here from Las Vegas. Uh, what does that mean to you when you hear that, McDonald's All-American? Um, it's just a very good experience. Uh, it's my first year ever being selected. Um, so it means a lot to me because like, I've been dreaming about being a part of that since I was five years old. So it's like I finally get to be a part of that culture. How did you get involved with basketball? You mentioned five years old. What attracted you to the game of basketball? Uh, my dad got me into it, really. Uh, he used to take me to the courts every day, every morning, just to work out, uh, shoot around. So uh, I'll say my dad got me into basketball. Was it one of those things where maybe Saturday morning came around and instead of you being able to sit around the house and, and watch cartoons and eat some cereal, you had to get out there and work out? Was it some of those days you might not have wanted to go out there? Um, nah, it's just like I fall, I fell in love with it. So it was just I was a gym rat, so I used to love to stay in the gym. I never wanted to go home. Nothing wrong with that at all. We're talking right now with Aaliyah Gales, a Spring Valley guard, a USC commit, just was uh, honored with the McDonald's All-American honor uh, just the other day. And at your school, there was a, a big kind of watch party for you uh, Tuesday while you're waiting for What was that whole experience like, knowing you had so many people uh, rooting for you and waiting there, uh, wanting to hear your name, and you finally got your, your name called? Um, that experience was just like it was just out of the roof. It was crazy. Uh, it just shows me how many people was there supporting me and just the love. Um, I felt really, really connected, and now it just makes me feel just keep working harder now to get where I want to go. 
What did it mean to to your family when your name was called again? I mean, you said your dad got you into the game of basketball, but what what did it just mean to your whole family when they they heard you achieve another one of your goals? I know they was proud of me, of course, because um, right when my name got called, all I seen was all my family members just tagged me. Uh, it really <laughs> broke my dad. I heard that he te- teared up. Don't say that I said that. Though. I will tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Um, <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, it was just it was just they was they was just like congratulations and it was just so many people reaching out to me uh i feel like i really uh uh like did something for them uh at this now at this time i just gotta keep pushing yeah absolutely that's what it's all about keep on pushing and and what did it mean just to have uh, all your your teammates there at spring valley around you and and i know that you're very humble i mean you're a, you're a great basketball player but you're very humble and you really uh, believe in the team game so to be able to share that with your teammates uh, what did that mean to you those like my little sisters, man. So it meant it meant like family. It, it made me feel like, dang, like I'm really doing this for y'all. Uh, they they are very supportive. So it's just like it was just more love. They make me want to keep going, motivated. Uh, it was just like it was just fun, and I'm glad it was. I'm glad it was there. I get to watch the experience because just not that they could be one of the next ones next year or something to nominated also absolutely again we're talking with uh, one of the latest mcdonald's all-americans Aaliyah gales right here on uh radio nation radio 920 and so what's the next step now that you're a mcdonald's all-american of course uh you're gonna have some games that you're gonna be playing in a, a great all-star showcase but what's the next step what do you do next i know you're still playing in your season but what do you do next as far as being a mcdonald's all-american really just train and get better stay in the gym get stronger uh conditioning wise all that just to develop my game a little more um, just I could be, you know, that top point guard there running McDonald's or American games, you know, just, just getting back in the gym 24-7 and just uh, getting prepared for what's next. Is that happening in Chicago? Did I get that correct? Yes. All right. What's that going to be like, being able to travel to Chicago and be able to play basketball, something that you love to do? Man, I'm excited. Like, that's <laughs> that's different. Just going to Chicago, like. Who wouldn't want to go to Chicago? Right, exactly, exactly. And I mentioned uh, that you're still playing in your season uh, for Spring Valley, uh, and you guys played Desert Oasis the other night, and you fell a little bit short. But when you do fall short, how how much are you itching to get back onto the court, especially you guys have had a really good season so far this year? Man, when we fell short, it was like the next step. Like, what's next? We got to prepare for what's next. We can't really hold one game on the back of our heads because we just have so much other stuff we need to accomplish, so... Our next, I was just like next step, next next step, get this over with. Right, absolutely. Well, your next game is against Coronado on Saturday. It should be a heck of a game. And again, you're having a really good season, uh, both in conference play and overall. What what has been your feelings just on the season that that your team has had so far? Well, the season right now that I have this year is just unbelievable. Uh, especially because I have like another dynamic guard, post player, Grace Knox. Like it just. It's very fun when you know you have killers on your team and, you know, it's just like that energy they give you. Yeah, I bet. Absolutely. Again, we're talking with Aaliyah Gales here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. She's the latest McDonald's All-American right here from our own backyard. Uh, very excited about that. And and your next step, and I don't, I'm not trying to rush you, but your next step is you're going to be going to USC. I mean, how excited are you to, to to go play at the next level when when this when high school gets wrapped up and it's all said and done how excited are you to get to go to southern cal man i'm very excited like i'm ready to go now <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready to start training now just for them um i just know uh it just uh probably might drop a tear because just feel like i made it you know 
Right. No, no doubt about it. I mean, just what, you know, what does that just mean to you to be able to know that, hey, you're going to a school like USC and you're going to USC on the strength of you playing basketball. Something goes back to your dad getting you into it when you were five years old. Uh, it was just, it's like, it was a dream school of mine. So it's like, I've been dreaming about this school since I was very young. So it was just like now, like I'm entering my dream school. What can I do? Like, how can I get the team better? Plus, like the coaching staff is great. Uh, the education-wise there is awesome, out the roof. It's just like they have they have it, every little piece I need. And they have the great, great coaching staff and great freak players like freshmen. Like, I'm really close to the freshmen already. Um, it just feel like I'm home. Like, I'm going back home. That's where most of my family is out, out there living in California. So it's very good so they can come and watch and meet play. Right. That that is cool. That's very exciting. And, you know, being here in Las Vegas, of course, you have the uh, the LV Aces. Uh, they're a fantastic team. Do you ever get a chance to go check them out or are you just too busy uh, playing basketball? Yeah, I have. Um, my favorite player on our team is Audrey Wilson. Okay. <laughs> She's great. She's great. And, and how, yeah. how, how much do you enjoy the way that they play, just the style that they play? And, and really, I mean, there's so much energy in the crowd while they're there. It's it's a lot of fun to go to those games. Yeah, it's very different. Like, it's very different from college basketball and freshman basketball. I mean, uh, high school basketball. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, whoa, this is what WNBA players look like on the court. And, like, sheesh. Like, they, look, <laughs> they look smooth out there, you know? Right. Fundamental. Yeah, no, they they are. They're they're very fundamental. Like I said, I I really enjoy getting out there and checking out uh, the Aces. They're a fun team to watch. As far as uh, just basketball players in go in general go, uh, who are some of your favorite basketball players? Even some players that you looked up to while you were growing up. Uh, my favorite WNBA player, I gotta go with Candace Parker. Yeah, that'll forever be my my dog right there. Uh, <laughs> WNBA, I mean uh, NBA. I have to say John Morant and. Uh, Definitely Westbrook back in the day, not right now. Right, but what's going on with day. Russ? What's going on with Russ? He, I, he was one of my favorite players, too, and he just he's not getting it these days. Man, I don't know. He needs the, I don't know. <laughs> and Candace. He's getting old. The, yeah. bone, the bone's getting old. Yeah, it happens to us all. Aaliyah, just keep on living. It gets. It happens to us all. We all get old. My right. bones are. My bones are aching just talking about it. Uh, but no, you're you're a youngster, so you're gonna get to keep on playing for a long time. But Candace, you mentioned her. She's fantastic. Just won a WNBA championship. Uh, how'd you like that she went to Chicago, where you're gonna be going uh, for the McDonald's All American and those games, and went there and won that, and that was her hometown. Yeah. Um. It just. She she's really a role model to me. Like she's really tough. She's like kind of really a point guard and a big if mm -hmm. you put it together. And like following her footsteps, like that, like you said, her hometown is just like, whoa, I get to go where she went. Right. Where she grew up at. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you right now, and I do appreciate your time this afternoon. Just just soak it in. Just soak it in. Enjoy the experience. You know, go ball out and, of course, take it as seriously as possible. But at the same time, soak it in because that's an experience that uh, not a lot of people get an opportunity to do. And so you're going to get to go there and, and just make sure you make the most of it. Thank you. All right. There's Aaliyah Gale, Spring Valley guard, here with us on Unnecessary Roughness. Aaliyah, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of the season. Enjoy the McDonald's All-American. And when you go to USC, of course, we'll be paying attention and seeing how you're doing as well and keeping up with you. Yep, of course. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. There she goes, Aaliyah Gale. And there she goes. And there it was. That was an interview from back in January with Aaliyah Gales. And it's crazy, man, sitting back and listening to that interview. And I'm talking about, you know, hey, you're going to go play at USC pretty soon. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. 
You know, all man, it's just it's crazy. It really is how how life happens. Like that was just a couple months ago. That was the end of January. It is now mid April, and life has totally changed for her. Totally changed. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. One hundred percent for. Uh, I did tweet out, and Demond tweeted it out, and Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. We tweeted out the GoFundMe. So if if it's in you to to help out. Uh, I know that they have a goal that they're trying to reach, and they're close. They're really close. I know a lot of the LV Aces have contributed. Uh, there's been plenty of other people that have helped contribute. If you can do so, uh, don't hesitate. You know, uh, at your boy Q254, at Demond underscore the boss, and at r 920 AM. 358 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number three. We'll do it with cover three, NFL news and notes of the day. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.